you're tuning in to the Chief Hustler Podcast, where we will shatter the status quo and propel change-making women to redefine their career on their own terms. I'm your host, Amber, and we will focus on empowering women to not only be heard, but valued. The show will surface and resurface the topics that often go unaddressed in today's male-dominated industries and corporate cultures. We're here to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything we do. Let's get started. What's going on, Hustlers? How are you doing? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of the Chief Hustler Podcast. My name is Amber, and thank you so much for joining today. So today, I am going to just talk to you a little bit. I just want to have a conversation because we've been rocking for a little bit. And what's crazy is it's been not quite a year, but it'll be a year, you know, in October. And when I started this, I wanted to create a space in a community for women to join forces and to have a space where they could have a conversation around the tough stuff. And life has definitely thrown us a lot recently around the world. And taking a step back, I have appreciated, you know, quiet, calm, rest, and all of the things. And because of that, I've been able to gain clarity on a few things, one of which is my grad school experience. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And talk through my perspective and give you my short list of things as tips and ideas to think about if you yourself are in a space of wondering whether or not grad school is something that you should be doing or not. I think if many of us in corporate America face that moment, if not once, it's possible several times throughout your career when you have that question of, should I do this? Should I not? And so I just want to talk through my experience with you, tell you how I feel about it, tell you what what actions I'm taking now that I'm done with grad school, what's on the horizon for me, and um, leave you with some ideas for you to think about for yourself as you explore the idea of grad school. So if this is your first episode, it may be helpful for you to go listen to some episodes that are already available to you where I talk about grad school. In fact, I did a grad school series back in February. Uh, It has three parts and it was all about deciding to go to grad school, why or why not. And, And then my last episode in that series was how I make it work. And so I'm not necessarily going to spend a lot of time today going through the mechanics of going to grad school because I spent a, I spent a good amount of episode 21 kind of taking you through that. But just as a refresher, if you don't remember and you've already listened to that episode, I went to Northwestern, Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, which is just north of Chicago, about 15 miles north of Chicago. And um, what's crazy is that was actually my dream school, my dream school back being a little girl. And I will tell you, Living that dream out, although the dream didn't quite happen the way I thought I had planned it was going to happen. If you would have asked me at the five or six years old, Amber, what was the Northwestern experience going to be like? Because I already knew that then. Um, That tells you how fairly determined I am in life. But which you can call me crazy or confident. Either way, both are probably true. (laughs) But this idea of going to Northwestern. And when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a doctor. In fact, I wanted to be an anesthesiologist. And I could spell 
the word forwards and backwards as a little girl. And I wanted to go to Northwestern Medical School. I don't know why. I don't know why I was obsessed with Northwestern, but I had been, I had been obsessed with Northwestern from, from being a little girl. And, um, I, I was committed to seeing, to seeing that grad school experience come to life. And what's crazy is I didn't even think about applying to Northwestern in undergrad because I, I didn't see Northwestern as my undergraduate experience. I said to myself, if I'm going to go to, if I'm going to go to Northwestern, it's going to be because it's going to be because I went there for graduate school. I remember saying that in high school. And so, however, I did apply to another purple school, which is NYU, um, and conveniently also with similar, with a similar acronym, but the idea of going to Northwestern has been on my mind and heart for a very long time. And so as I got to the point in my career where I wanted to go to grad school because you, which I also talk about in the grad school series, I had no plan. Like when I was finished with undergrad in the first three or four years of my career, I was like, you can't pay me to go back. You know, engineering school is a lot. It's demanding. And I said to somebody over the weekend, in a lot of ways, engineering school is like its own version of of a sorority fraternity, <laughs> the classes you take and, and, uh, the immense amount of studying till four or five in the morning, um, feels a little like hazing now that I think about it. <laughs> but that aside, I at first had no desire to go to grad school, but then when I decided, you know, I, w- I really want to do this, I set out on this long journey and I spent about 18 months to two years figuring out what program. And, um, so I didn't, I didn't let Northwestern guide me be my guiding light for the school I chose. I really let the program that I that I wanted to 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 guide me, and it just so happened to be at Northwestern. And so it's very interesting and ironic to see how it all worked out. Because yeah, here I am on the other side. I've yet to actually receive the official degree, um, which I, I, that will be a, a, a glorious day. But you know, I finished with like a three nine, and and uh, had a great experience, and and. Um, you know, my degree has been conferred. So, you know, the paper is just the the icing on the cake. But what I will tell you is that the journey to going to grad school and the process of interviewing, which I really don't, which I really haven't talked about, but I will tell you that the experience of applying to grad school was quite an interesting one. And it was because the program required a portfolio. And I had had some experience with building portfolios in the past, but this was an extensive portfolio because they wanted you to show your work because the program required you to, to be, to have worked three, minimum of three years in your career. And so I had, um, somewhat of a nostalgic moment, kind of curating old bodies of work to, to pull together into a really nice portfolio. And, and I spent several weeks pulling together this portfolio and getting feedback from, from mentors that I greatly respect and, and, and value, um, to tell a really meaningful and compelling story. And then there was also an essay I think it was a five question essay. I don't necessarily remember all of the questions, but one of the questions that I remember, it was so funny because it was around the idea of like, what do you think the future, you know, what do you think one of the big ideas are for the future? And what do you think we should do about it? It was something like that. And at that time when I was applying, I was also looking at future trends and and doing some projects that, that were in that space. And funny enough, that's now my full-time job. Um, being so excited, feeling like the program that I really wanted to go to was aligned in the type of work that I was doing, which I felt was just so serendipitous in so many ways now that I look back at it. But I, you know, I had to prepare a portfolio and I had to 
which I will, I will deep dive building a portfolio in a, in a coming episode on next month in August, because the idea of a portfolio, while it was used originally and intended for grad school, that portfolio is something that I still leverage today in interviews in meeting leaders in, you know, external, external opportunities, because it, it is just such a good representation of my body of work. And so I will say the details of that for an episode in August, but nonetheless, I prepared this portfolio and wrote out my answers to the essay questions. Like I said, I believe there were five and I shipped off my application and it also required an interview. And so I submitted my application. I remember having this deadline, this arbitrary deadline I put on myself to to have it done by December 1st um, because I wanted to be an early applicant. <laughs> because the program is set up in a way, it's not, it's not truly first come first serve, but it's one of those things because the, the program evaluates, you know, incoming students based on an interview and a portfolio, you want to get in line sooner rather than later because it's a rolling admission. And so once those spots are filled, they're filled. And if they want to accept you, you either can get waitlisted, you know, if someone then drops out later in the year or be put on to come in the the incoming year. And so I just knew that I wanted to to get this in sooner rather than later and not wait till, you know, May to apply. So nonetheless, I applied. Everything was done December 1st. And I think middle, middle of December, I could probably go back on my email and tell you the exact date because I, I know I still have the email. But I think the second or third week of December before before the holiday time, before things really start to shut down, it was somewhere between like the 8th and the 12th, if I remember correctly. I got an email from the program director saying, We've, you know, reviewed your application and we really want to, you know, invite you on site for an interview. And it was winter. And if you are in the Midwest uh, or anywhere where there's a lot of snow, then you know that when it's winter, you always take a chance (laughs) with scheduling things because you never know if it's going to be a snowstorm or not. But I was given the option to do an, an over the phone or like Skype, Zoom type interview or in person. And I really wanted to do it in person. And so they they provided me like three or four dates and I selected one of the dates that was kind of early January and um and that was that. And so I remember, you know, the holidays and being so excited for this interview and there was a lot going on on the personal front at the same time. My great grandmother passed away at the end of that year. My mother-in-law passed away just a week before going to the interview. So there was a lot of things going on on the personal front, but I was still ready, ready and prepared to go to this interview. And so my sweet husband and I, uh, so thankful for his support, we got up at like 3.30 or 4 in the morning to, to hop on the commuter train to make our, our you know, three plus hour journey into Chicago um, to then catch an Uber up to Evanston for me to, to do this interview. And the way they set up the interview is, you know, the interviews maybe, it felt like forever, but it was probably maybe an hour, hour and a half set up in the morning and then they invited you to sit um, and audit, they call it audit, a a class, whatever class was going on at the time of your interview. And so I will never forget, you know, having this one-on-one interview, which was pretty intense because the program director is is a well-respected designer in his field. And there were kind of, you know, you kind of have your standard questions. Why do you want this? Blah, blah, blah. And then there were a couple of curveballs and, um, one of the most interesting questions that he asked me was, what are you reading? 
And at the time, I, I was prepared with a short list of books because I had, I had just in the last probably year or so started to get into reading and reading leisurely, um, reading, reading self-development or professional development related books, you know, leadership books or whatever, you know, leisurely. And I was also consuming a lot, you know, because of the future trend work that I was doing. And so I was able to give them an answer. But now that I think back on it, this platform is, is twofold. It's, it's one about creating a community that women can feel safe to talk about their, their, their experiences in corporate America, but it's also a, a space for those same women to feel like they can get the coaching and mentorship to level up in their career, whatever that is for them, whatever expiring leadership role that they're going after. I want to help with, with a community to help, help them get to that expiring um, leadership role and in my own journey and in, in, in wanting to be a C-suite executive, I have recognized how important it is to, to be a reader, to be a listener, to read the news, to read articles, to read magazines, to read books. And whether you actually read them or you're doing Audible or whatever it is, like consuming books is, is a good way to continue continue your education and continue to learn. You don't necessarily have to be in a classroom to be on the cutting edge of, of information. And so... It was a good question. It was a good question. One that I will continue to incorporate in, in the interviews that I have uh, with candidates for jobs. But nonetheless, it was a great day. It was a great day. And we made it a half a day because we needed to get back to um, the other side of the state uh, for funeral arrangements and things like that. But I remember sitting in on accounting. That was the class that I sat in on. And one of the reasons I chose the program is I knew I wanted to go to a graduate program that was about leadership and managing in a product environment. But I also knew that I needed access to some business courses that would make me a well-rounded leader. And if you knew me back then, and, and it's still very much a belief of mine now, you don't need an MBA to be a great leader. You don't need a, an MBA to even necessarily be great in marketing or, or great in finance. Although while helpful, it's really probably a handful of courses that you need to understand the taxonomy or the nomenclature that can help you in the conversations around those topics when you're in meetings. And so that's my fundamental belief. And so no disrespect or not to the MBA, but I knew a B school was not for me. One, because I really wanted to stay close to product. Um, and then two, I, I wanted, I wanted elements of the MBA, meaning access and understanding of the accounting and the finance and what is a P&L, but I didn't want to necessarily spend my entire curriculum focused on those types of ideas. So picking a, a kind of a, a blend of the two of, of product of a product related program and a B school related program, you know, really was a good match for me. And so I was excited to sit in on this accounting course because at the time I was fearful of accounting and, and not the math because I'm an engineer, I've done calculus. So that wasn't the problem, but it's just idea of accounting. Like calculus is one thing, accounting and finance is a whole nother thing. <laughs> and so, um, at the time being, being really nervous that like, Oh gosh, I don't know if I, I'll be able to, you know, do well in these courses. And so I remember sitting in one of the only, uh, female faculty members that, that I had while I was there, the way she was teaching the class, I thought was so neat so neat. I was really excited. I was really excited. And then uh, they invite you to have lunch with students uh, either of a similar background or just interests. And so I ended up having a lunch in one of the conference rooms with like three or four other current students at the time. And I got to talk to them, which I thought was a really cool format for interviewing. 
And then um, I was also invited to stay for the second class. But like I said, we left early. So I kind of made a half a day of it and then went back home. And a few weeks went by. I interviewed, I believe I interviewed January 12th, if I have that date right, or somewhere in there. I interviewed and then within about two or three weeks, I, I, I don't think it was quite the end of January. If not, it was very early February where I received my acceptance letter. And I have a great picture of, um, of that, that I will cherish of reading that letter. And then that's where the, the grad school journey started. So you do all your, you know, you do all your things of, of, you know, financial aid and all that. And there, there's a story there, which I will not share today, but I either drove or took a train or if I was on a work trip, I flew into Chicago. Most times though, it was taking a train the night before or driving the day of. So it was, you know, four hours traffic each way, making a day or day and a half of, of going into uh, Illinois to make this whole thing work for two years. And the program was set up that it alternated Fridays and Saturdays. So one week I'd go in Friday, one week I'd go in the next week, I'd go in Saturday and that would alternate for 10 weeks. And the program Northwestern is on 10 week quarters. So I did that 60 times. I did that 60 times because there are three quarters in a year and the program was two years long. So you do the quick math. I made 60 individual trips over the course of a really beginning to end 18 months um, to the program. And uh, it, it was it was a lot of work. That part was very demanding physically to do that, managing time zones and all of that. But actually being in class was incredible. And the program itself, um, the reason why I spent time going through a grad school series back in February is because I was, I was close enough to the end to see that I had chosen a program that I really wanted to go to, that I felt was really designed for me to thrive and was also a program that I would actually enjoy going to. Meaning that even though the commitment of the three and a half hour commute each way was the hardest part of going to school than actually being in the classroom. And it was because I chose a program that really aligned to my values and aligned to where I saw myself going in my career. And so I think that more than anything, that's the first thing I want to tell you is that there will always be sacrifices associated with whatever decision you make in your life for whatever life stage you're at. Grad school, marriage, buying a home, becoming debt-free, going on a trip, there, there are always sacrifices to make. Some sacrifices are small, some sacrifices are big. Some you feel immensely, some you don't. But there's always something that you have to give up or lean into that will require something of you. And that's what I call a sacrifice. And it wasn't the actually the act of being in the classroom that was demanding. It was the commute that was the hardest part for me of the whole entire grad school experience because of the time, because of the, of the time zone change, you know, it was, and then, and then it was all day, you know, I was getting up at four in the morning to get in the car, to drive the three plus hours to then be in a classroom all day to then have to drive three plus hours back and maybe not return till midnight. Some days it was great. And there was, there wasn't a ton of traffic and I got home at, at nine, but, but there were a handful of times where I got home around midnight. And so that was the, that was the sacrifice. That was the sacrifice. And then the sacrifice of weekends, you know, particularly when the classes were on Saturdays, there was no real weekend because Sunday is a day of, for me, of not really rest, but kind of preparing for the next week. So grocery shopping and laundry and getting my mind right and doing all those things. And so I felt like I was giving up my weekends, you know, by and large for, 
almost two years. And so those were the hard sacrifices. There were some weddings I couldn't go to. There were events I couldn't go to, those types of things. But nonetheless, you know, grad school, the act of going to school, being in the classroom was awesome. It was awesome. Um, Of the 24 classes that were in the curriculum, I think I genuinely thoroughly enjoyed like 21 of them. (laughs) And of the three that I really didn't necessarily enjoy, it it was far more um, moments or or particular days that I didn't enjoy. But by and large, I enjoyed my grad school experience, the actual being in the classroom, working on the on the projects, doing the homework. Um, It was hard. Don't get me wrong, but I actually enjoyed what I was doing. And it's because the curriculum really aligned to my, my values and it aligned to what vision I had for myself. And so the things that there were, there were several things that came easy. And then the things that came hard, I really looked at them as opportunities for me to grow versus just hard things that I was putting myself through. And that's why I think it's so important to really think about why are you going to grad school and being really, really intentional about the program that you choose. Um, because I think that can make all the difference when it comes to your experience, because, there will be hard moments and, and the bigger picture is what can help get you through. But yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed. And what's funny is one of my most favorite classes was accounting. Yep. The class that I was the most fearful of, um, I thrived. I got, I got an A and, uh, it was a great experience. It really was. And I learned a ton. I learned a ton in her class, but nonetheless, School itself was great. Going to school was great. But there were some other things that were hard. So we, beyond, you know, the commute, there were some hard things about the program. And one was we were in cohorts. So the 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 incoming class was made up of like 38 or 40 students. But then we were all divided into like five or six groups, teams that we were in. We were in the same team from beginning to end. And that team was made up of five to six people. And based on a variety of different attributes, and we were put together as a team with the intent to take all of the learnings that we had learned through the program to actually create a prototype at the end of the pro- at the end of the program. And basically, the way the program is set up is you essentially it's kind of like having another work team, you know. So I had my actual work team, the team that I worked with at work, and then I also had my school team. And so that created a a whole nother demand of team meetings weekly and team assignments and, you know, going through the delegating of assignments and who's going to lead what and who's going to contribute what and putting deadlines in and all of that. That part was hard. Organizing six individuals. My team had six individuals all in different time zones. Two of us were in Eastern time. The other four were Central time. So organizing you know, six team members who all lived in different parts of the country with different time zones, with different work demands. You know, I traveled a good amount. Another another one of my teammates traveled a lot. It, from that perspective, that was a lot. That was a lot. So, you know, and then the dynamics of just teaming, you know, how you norm, they call it norming, storming, forming. When you first meet up with, you know, five individuals that you've never worked with before, there's a little bit of chaos. You know, there's a little bit of storming. There's a little bit of um, who are we? What are we going to be about? How are we going to operate? What are we going to do? You know, you, you a lot of road bumps. And then you eventually kind of start to form form as a team. And then you get into norms. You get into rituals and, and habits as a team where you kind of start to operate as well as a machine. But we stormed for a long time. We stormed for, and I don't think any one of the teammates would disagree with me here, we stormed in different capacities for the first year consistently on different issues. And um, that added an element and dynamic of 
really managing yourself, managing other people, influencing other people, building building and fostering meaningful relationships, all of that was on the table as far, as far as a learning opportunity for each of us. And it was so important to go through that experience. So valuable. Because the reality is that being a leader of any organization, you will have a team. And that team is going to be made up of different people with different backgrounds, different competency levels, different, um, different, different strengths, different weaknesses, all of that. And you have to take all of those individuals and figure out a way to operationalize them enough effectively to, to create great product, to create, to create great output. And so um, while it was one of the most difficult parts of the experience, it was the most, it was one of the most valuable parts of the experiences um, because I grew a lot as an individual, but I also grew a lot when it came to, um, figuring how to manage, manage a team, you know, for the projects or the assignments that I led, you know, mobilizing people, getting people excited, creating space for people to take on parts of the assignment that they wanted to thrive in. And then also there were parts where, you know, there were, there were moments where each of us needed to grow in something, right. And, and maybe there was a skill that we hadn't done before or whatever, and also creating space for us to, learn and fail forward in those moments as well. And so that was humbling. Um, and that was, uh, again, another reason why I chose the program, because I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a leader and I wanted to, I wanted to lead a team, um, not just manage a team, but, but truly lead and influence a team and having that experience and exposure, um, is, is invaluable, you know, um, in an academic environment, because so many times, many, many people who become people leaders don't get to lead until they have a team. And so this was, this was a great opportunity to kind of do that in, in more of a safe, safe environment than having the exposure of corporate America looking down at you. So yeah, that was definitely one of the hardest parts of grad school. I loved the classroom. I loved the projects. I loved being pushed, uh, ideas and, and norms and also pushing others, um, as well meeting 39 other individuals and being in a classroom of, of some of the best and brightest minds was also really cool. I made some friendships, created some friendships with folks that I know will last a lifetime. And um, I certainly, of course, ex expanded my network, you know, knowing now nearly 40 other individuals in, in completely different industries that, you know, you can you can most likely pick up the phone and, and um, get a reference or help with a job or whatever. All those are additional benefits. But overall, as I look at my grad school experience, I had a great time. I did. It was, it was a great part of my life, um, one that I cherish. And honestly, the last few weeks, finishing up grad school felt a little like grief in the sense of being like, for the last few years, I've done this thing day in, day out. And I've had these expectations and these things I just had to do, like team meetings and getting in the car at four in the morning and doing all these things. And those things are now gone. And I had some grief that was very abrupt with with the coronavirus and my last quarter going from in-person to online. And so a little bit of that grief happened in my last sixth of the, of the course of the curriculum. But when it was really all over, it was definitely another, another moment or experience of grief. And uh, now being on the other side of it, you know, it, it, it definitely was one of the best experiences that I had. And I grew immensely as an individual in that experience, and I'm very thankful, and I'll always be an advocate and an ambassador of that program. That said, that said, while it was great, and I have all of the Northwestern swag that I could ever imagine, 
and I will forever be proud to be a wildcat and fulfilling my lifelong dream from being a little girl to going to Northwestern. There's still work to do. And here's why. Here's why. Our particular class had gender parity for the most part, meaning there were a, a fair, fairly equal amount of, of men and women in the program for our year. However, not all years are like that. And one of the other disappointing things is when you looked at the faculty of the 24 professors, only, I think, two were women. And there were um, three professors of color, um, but there were no blacks. And so um, from that perspective, there's work to do. And the program can always be better. And so um, what I've been doing over the last few weeks is working with the program administration side by side as a as a recent as a newly new newly elected alumni <laughs> to help change that help change that because I genuinely believe in the program but I also genuinely believe that we need more women we need more minorities and we need more representation and diversity in the classroom in leadership programs in management programs and in in programs of universities that are the best that are the best. And I believe that. I know that it's possible because I am one of the brightest and best, but I know many others. I know many others that don't even know the program exists and don't even know that they're capable and that they deserve a seat in that classroom. And so um, one of my newfound commitments is to be a voice, um, a beacon of both light and change. Um, because with change comes this uh, period of discomfort of acknowledging and recognizing that perhaps we didn't do all that we could have done. And we, as we look to the future, we need to do more differently. And so um, being present for the conversations about how do we get more representation? How do we get a more diverse faculty? Um, those are the conversations I'm having right now, providing a list of a list of incredible women that I think would be great um, to at least be considered as, as part-time faculty. Um, organizing alumni is also another activity um, I'm participating in to get a cohort of, of really passionate alumni, because not every alumni is, is wants to be involved or can be involved. Um, but, but for those that want to be involved and are able to, mobilizing a, a cohort of, of alumni that can serve as an advisory to the to the program there are some very tangible things that i'm i'm actively working on to uh, write a new chapter in the book of this program and the university quite frankly at large one of the things that i've always believed even from being a little girl is that i can change the world one person at a time i genuinely believe that for the better and it starts with me, but then it starts with, with the relationships that I have, who then have, those people have relationships with others, and, and you have this domino effect of, um, of, of impact. And so I created this platform so that women could talk about the tough experiences or the experiences that they have in corporate America. But it's also a platform surrounded, you know, grounded in community 
for women to get the seat to the table that they've already earned, that they've, that they've already deserved, put in the work for. The world just needs to see that and value that and needs to hear it. And um, I genuinely believe that that women have already earned the seat. And so my work, my commitment to this platform and community doesn't stop with this platform and community. It, 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 it really begins in all of my other endeavors and, and being a voice to the, to the program that I'm very proud to have graduated from. And I'm very proud and privileged to have experienced is also work that I'm doing um, because more women need to be present. More women need to be present and the conversation around intersectionality is really important because more black women need to be present, more women need to be present in faculty, all different types of women of all different types of backgrounds. And so my experience as a student was was great. You know, learning was great. Um, but there's more to be done. And so that aside, a couple of things for you. If you're going to pick a grad program, make sure it's something you really, really want. And make sure that the program is something that you really think you're going to enjoy. Really comb through that curriculum, right? Really ask yourself the tough questions. Are these the types of subjects I enjoy learning? Because graduate school is not um, about, it's not always about learning something new as more as it is about deepening your appreciation and understanding for your domain of expertise that you already have, but you're extending yourself, you're growing, if your arms were X length before with your undergrad experience and your career experience, they're going to grow. Your arms are going to grow that much longer through grad school, especially if you're going to a program that's already kind of in your domain and space. And so really ask yourself if it's, if it's the type of curriculum, if it's set up the way that you, you think you can learn, that you think you can thrive. The details around like cohorts and teams, like those are, those are important things to understand and to recognize that they are just as much of a part of the experience of grad school as is the, the actual learning classroom experience. All the other stuff that happens outside of the classroom is also a part of grad school. And you have to realize that there's the commitment of actually being in the classroom. But there, there, there are several hours. Sometimes, you know, I spent another 15 to 20 hours a week just being involved in grad school related things, whether it was team meetings or reading or homework or whatever. Um, so make sure that, you know, tip number one, make sure that you really, really understand, uh, your, the programs that you're evaluating and that you really pick something that aligns to what you think you need. Second is definitely a, a subset of that, which is, do you know what you need? What do you want? You know, why are you going to grad school? Um, for some, it's the experience for some, it's to learn a, a new skill for some, it's to deepen a skill for some, it's, you know, like I said, the, the teaming component of grad school was just as important. And I knew that that was a, a aspect of the program that I knew I needed as an emerging leader in my organization. So make sure you really understand why you're going, why you chose the curriculum, not just for the actual classes, but, but all, all the other components to the professors, the, all of it, make sure you're really evaluating those things. And, and the last tip I'll leave with you is that recognize that anything that you commit to, particularly something like grad school, which will take a chunk of your time for a period of your life, is a sacrifice in some shape or form. And for me, those sacrifices look like not being able to go to a few weddings or, or missing birthday parties or, you know, just being too tired to want to go visit family that weekend because I had already been, you know, back and forth to Chicago or 
the drives, whatever it was, there were some legitimate, you know, um, concessions that I had to make, some sacrifices that were involved. And I recognized that it was short term, but it was also, you know, two years can feel like when you're in it, two years can feel like a very long time, long part of your life. Now looking back, it was such a short time in my life, but while I'm in it, it was a long time. And so really being honest with yourself about, are you really, really, are you really truly willing to make the sacrifices? I think that's an important, important conversation to have with yourself. And the fourth tip I'll leave with you is make sure you're doing it for you. There are a lot of opinions out there about why to go to grad school and why not. And I think that choosing to go is, is a very individual choice. But make sure you are choosing that program and choosing to go and and committing to this thing truly for you, truly for you. Um, Because when you when you build momentum around an idea of going to grad school, sometimes people get on the bandwagon and want to become your biggest advocate, your biggest fan. And you you need to be motivated beyond what others have, what beyond the vision that others have for you and let your vision be, be your biggest motivator. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to do the homework for you. They're not going to go to class for you. You are. So you have to be fully committed to it. So truly go for you. And the fifth thing about grad school that I will tell you is please do not take yourself too seriously. Have a good time. Laugh. The, at the end of the day, it's a learning opportunity. You know, I, I went into it wanting to get all A's. I don't know why. I think I was obsessed. Definitely a high achiever. Overachiever. That was fine. And uh, I finished I finished several semesters or several quarters with all A's. But I got some A minuses in there. And there were a couple B's that I got on, got on, got on exams or projects. You know, I finished with a 3.9. But um, I learned really quickly, you know, this is going to be a really long journey if you don't, if you, if you don't have a little fun along the way. So when you can, and if you can, you know, if some of your classmates go to the bar afterwards, go to the bar or go out to dinner or do, do community events, whatever it is, have a little fun, have a little fun. Don't take yourself too seriously because it's a, it's a, it's a short time in your life. It's a short time in your life. And who knows what else you have going on in your world and in your life. Sometimes life can be really heavy. You know, I had a classmate who lost a parent, um, We've had classmates lose children. Um, we actually, a professor passed away while I was there at the program. Life is really short. Life is very short. So have fun. Definitely have fun. And definitely, definitely go because that's something that you want to do. But yeah, the conversation around grad school t- still continues. You know, I, I'm a, I'm an alumni now and I, I feel a, a, a significant responsibility to make that program better than when I left it. And so for incoming classes, being, being a, 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 I won't say governing body, but being a, a, a representative, a fixture in that program's community, uh, to be a voice of reason, to advocate for, for the ones that are underrepresented, to, to be an advocate for making the program better are all things on my list of things to do that I'm actively doing. And they're conversations that I'm actively having about how to make it better how to make it better. And um, that's not everybody's calling, but that's my calling. And for me, I have consistently with every uh, academic institution I've been a part of, I found myself on committees and being a part of, of, of that program or part of that academic institution even long after I'm gone. In fact, I'm on the visiting advisory board of my undergrad alma mater because I genuinely believe that future students need to have the best education they can 
and going to that school. And I got a great education there. And I want the incoming students to have a better one than I did. Um, there's always room for improvement. Uh, and so that's my grad school experience. This is definitely a longer episode. And so if you have listened to the end, thank you so much. It's been cool to reflect a little bit on my grad school experience, but I will in August take you through the details of the portfolio, how I put together, why I put it together, the way I did all of that. And I will also, a little bit of a spoiler, probably put a free tool along with that episode. So stay tuned for that if you yourself are preparing for grad school or you just think, you know, having a portfolio and honestly, I will say creating a portfolio, even if not for grad school, just having a career portfolio. It's very common when you're in liberal arts to do that, right? If you're creative, industrial design, whatever, it's very common to have a portfolio, but um, business or engineering or, or, you know, innovation, we don't, we don't tend to do those things. It's not as common. And so I think portfolios are a great way to stand out, particularly if you are in a STEM, STEM field, but it's also a way to kind of curate your body of work because you will quickly realize as you move from job to job, you will forget the, the work that you did along the way. And so portfolios are a great way to kind of curate bodies of work along the way so that you can also remember all the great work that you've done to impact the world. And so that is it today. That is it today. And um, that's my grad school experience. And if you have any questions, reach out, send me a DM, send me an email, whatever it is, let me know. I'm always here. If you have questions about grad school or my program specific, specifically, I will link my program in the show notes just so you have visibility to the exact program that I took, um, that I went through, that I'm very proud of, of having gone through. But yeah, I want to leave you with that today. And I hope wherever you are in the world that you're healthy, happy, and safe. And most importantly, you are taking the time to rest and recover from whatever life is thrown at you today or right now in this very moment. And I'll see you next time. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chief Hustler Podcast, where we are focused on propelling change-making women to redefine their career on their own terms. I hope that with this episode, we've had another opportunity together to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything you do. As always, I want to thank you for your time as it is your most valuable possession. There are a few ways to join the conversation. First, by following the Chief Hustler on Instagram and commenting on a post and sharing in your perspective. Second is by sharing this episode or others in a way that's authentic to you. This community is nothing without you and you sharing means the most to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep hustling.